Well, how are you today? God bless you. Or if you're walking or riding in the car or just sitting in your office and wanting to have a few minutes with God. Here's eight or nine minutes just as a quick connection back to God. Maybe you'll wrestle with a question and may you just uh, feel the word of God in your life uh, for a few minutes. That's God talk. Because of the virus, we're wrestling with these questions for a few weeks here. Why is there so much suffering? And looking at the story of Daniel 3, we're going through the big five. The first one, even good people suffer. We just have to admit that. It's the way it is. Hebrews 11, the giants of faith. If anybody should have been protected from evil and suffering, should be these giants of faith. And they suffered terrible. Cut in two, whipped, shipwrecked, beaten, crowds after them. Good people suffer. My father, many people. Number two, God is only good all the time. Let's nail that down. Jesus died, and God, the Father says, I gave you my son. How can you question me anymore? Number three, suffering comes from Satan and not from God. Yes, once in a while, people would try to show me that in the Old Testament, there were a few times when it looks like God did do some things. And uh, that's another subject. We'll deal with it. But let's just say very clearly, the big picture of things, it's from Satan. In the Old Testament, uh, Satan is not really mentioned, and God was willing to take the blame for everything. And Job just says, whatever happens, blessed be the name of God. God giveth, God taketh away. It's all God. But now in the New Testament, Jesus wants to be a little more clear, and uh, he's going to call Satan out. And he tells a story about the farmer, Matthew. He's uh, sowing wheat, but the enemy comes in and sows the weeds. You remember the disciples wanted to pull them up, and Jesus says, no, let them go. And as he explains it, he says, an enemy has done this. Verse 28. In verse 39, and the enemy who sows the seed is the devil. It's very clear. When bad stuff happens, don't blame God. Jesus says, it's not me. It's him. It's him. And then we have a clear theology of Satan and the demons and beasts all the way through. It's clear to Revelation. So let's be very clear. Don't blame God. God is good all the time. In Daniel, it's very clear. It is not God who throws people into fiery furnaces and uh, when they don't worship him correctly and bow down to him. It's Babylon that does that. Let's be clear. I had a friend, great friend of mine, a member of my church back in La Sierra University Church. Did a little, had a little music group. He was a leader of our Filipino ministry. He was uh, just a great human being. Supported me in mission projects all over the world. I loved him. Seventy years old, they got cancer of the liver. Not good. We had a huge anointing service. We had the ambassador choir there. We had a house full of people, his friends. Oh, it was an amazing service. But he didn't get well. He's in the city of hope and in and out. And finally, I left the church. Uh, his wife called me, said, Pastor Dan, can you come? We don't have a pastor yet. Can you just come? So I drove down there and she put me in his room, closed the door. And he said, I'm losing my faith. I can't find God anymore. Other people get what they pray and they get well. I pray and I don't get well. What's going on? And he said, what's wrong with me that God won't do a miracle for me? Looks like I'm going to die. Ah, boy, you're in the great controversy. And I knew I was fighting for his soul and his faith today. Pulled up a chair, just asked God to help me and said to him, my brother, you're 70 years old. You're very sick. I don't think now is the time to give up your belief in God. Let's not do that. I said, I don't have all the answers, my dear friend, but let's not start with blaming it on God. I said, the difference between the cancers that get well and the cancers that don't get well is not in the mind and heart of God. It's in how far science has come so far with some of these. Fifty years ago, all cancers, people died. You got cancer, you died. 
Now we have some protocols. Breast cancer, you got a good chance to survive. Prostate cancer, you got four or five different uh, protocols, and most of my friends are all still alive. Prostate cancer. We're thankful. God blesses those researchers and Loma Linda and Mayo Clinic and all the others. They come up with protocols, City of Hope, and they get well. They haven't gotten to yours yet, my friend. But the differential between those who are healed and those who are not is not God. Not God. Don't blame it on God. Suffering comes from Satan, not from God. God is good. George Washington died 200 whatever years ago. God did not love him less than people that get well today. They were doing bloodletting. They thought somehow if they let the blood out, that would get the bad stills out of there. It's foolishness. It's not in the heart of God. It's in the difference between scientific method. Pray for our researchers that they'll figure out a protocol for liver cancer and the other cancers that have not been cured yet. But don't blame God. The difference between those people that died on 9-11 and the people that lived when that airplane that landed on the Hudson River was not, was not God. God didn't choose 3,000 to die and 150 to live. The difference was the pilots. Those pilots were terrorists. The other pilot was a godly, Christian, wonderful man, Sullenberger, wonderful man. They made a movie. The differential is not God. Settled it. Settled it. Number four. God is the God of free choice. Joshua 24, 14, and 15. Choose you this day who you will serve. God doesn't want anybody to be forced. All the way through the Bible, Revelation 13, 17. It's Babylon that coerces people. Babylon that makes people worship. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 3, 17. Where the Spirit is, there is freedom. The Son makes you free indeed. God wants people to have free choice forever. He won't take it away even when we go to heaven. If God gave people who get baptized a red Ferrari, people would all line up. But it wouldn't be free choice now. You're not thinking about it with their eyes wide open, weighing the truth and the, the falseness. You're just doing self-interest. There's no choice anymore. So God has to be careful. He has to hide in the shadows. He can only work. Where he can do just enough to help you believe, but not enough to make you believe. He has to be very careful. Be careful. Free choice. It's not easy for God. You know what it's like. I had to step aside and go into the passenger seat to let my boys learn how to drive. It's horrifying. You have no steering wheel, no brake, no nothing, and you're on your own with a 16, 17-year-old kid who's going 70 miles an hour down the road. And we're all yelling, don't do that, slow down, turn left, right, car's coming. How they survived, I don't know. But if they wanted, we want them to learn to drive, we had to give them a free choice. Sometimes my wife would say, Dan, don't let him go. He's too young. He can't drive to the beach or wherever it was. I said, if we don't let him go, then we have to drive him, and he will never be able to do it on his own. So we had to give him free choice. Well, we better call it for today. We'll leave number five and wrap it up for tomorrow. But understand we have a great God, and he is good all the time. Suffering only comes from Satan. Don't blame it on God. And we thank God that God honors free choice so much that with tears streaming down his face, he has to let some things go. This is God Talk. I hope you'll come back to us tomorrow. We'll see if we can uh, wrap this up in one or two more talks. Eight, nine minutes a day, just a little time to connect with God and remember the Bible and get the Word of God into your life. And uh, I hope it'll be a blessing to you. Have a great day. God bless you.